time out, time out, time out, time out. You, you guys think you can do this together, the two of you? Were you going to pass out on us? I just, I just woke up. I don't think I'm going to get through this. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it. I mean, last night was just ridiculous. Uh, and I've been asleep since like one. So, I mean, I just literally just like saw the clock. was like, oh my God, it's two minutes until the podcast. <laughs> your well, life your- is so complicated and weird. Can I just share that? Yeah. Go back to your sleep. credit, though. You made it here, though. Go so. go back to sleep. We have this on. Well, I mean, we I have can, this on record. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I can try. I can try. No, no, we wouldn't want to put you out. No, no, it's not that I'm put out. It's just I, I mean, I, I'd like to do the podcast. I just like can't even think about like what day it is. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I'm completely disoriented. Um, yeah, hang, hang, know, hang up. We'll take care of it. All right, you guys. Good night. Go back All to right. sleep. Later. Good night. Bird. Bye. <laughs> you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, the official podcast of FlashOfSteel.com. And I am not your host, Troy Goodfellow. Uh, with me today is a freelance journalist and the editor of Fidget.com, Tom Chick. Uh, welcome, Tom. Thanks. Can I get anyone a coffee? Uh, and also we have uh, freelancer Julian Murdoch. Hello, uh, actually, hello, hello. I'm also not the host of Three Moves Ahead. Do we identify you as like co-founder of Gamers with Jobs? I forget what Troy's. I'm not. A, I'm. I don't know what the hell I am. I'm not the co-founder. I'm uh, just a okay, guy. Well, I'm a guy who writes once in a while about games, and right. somebody cared. Freelancer, then we'll just go with that. That's just fine. So where's Troy? What happened? I don't know. I think, you know what? He completely failed to play Brutal Legend. I think that was his problem. Aha. Uh-huh. Actually, I, I know that that's true as well. But also true is uh, his wife uh, just did something that was worthy of celebration, um, which I think is, is a fairly common event in the Goodfellow household. She's constantly you know, getting articles published and proposals accepted and grants awarded. So you're saying and she's the successful one? I'm saying that it's got to be exhausting being Troy Goodfellow and having to keep up with the amount of celebration they've got to do <laughs> in, in because of her accomplishments. Oh, and you know what like it is, it, Julian? It, it's the whole academia thing, too. They those, those professor types, they throw killer parties. There you go. And you know what it is this week, I think, uh, I believe his wife's name is Lisa. Uh, I think Lisa just won a Nobel Peace Prize. Did she really? I think That's she did. Amazing. Yeah. You know, my my daughter actually told me last week that her plan for her future was she was going to win the Nobel Prize, and I asked her in what, and she asked what categories were available, and I thought <laughs> that, that was a, that was a great answer. It's like just tell me, just tell me the categories, I'll find one. <laughs> Well, that's good. She's got her eyes on the prize, so to speak. Found out it was a million-dollar prize, and that was all it, all it took. Oh, she's in it for the money, I she's think. She's <laughs> only in it for the money. It was just purely a financial motivation on her part. There's probably easier ways to make a million bucks. So, 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 Mr. Tom Chick, what's our Sorry. topic this week? Oh, so, and, and, uh, so let's see. So we've lost Troy. Uh, Bruce is comatose. Uh, we, we started with him, and he... Uh, I, I think he passed out, <laughs> so we lost think he Bruce. Did. We'll cut that yeah. in for the show and then post something about it in the show notes. 
you know what? Actually, Julian, we should sneak over to his house and dip his hand in warm water. Oh, and then he'd like pee all over himself. I heard yeah. that works. And and if you have like a magic marker. Oh, no, here's a great one. Put shaving cream in the palm of his hand and then tickle his nose like with a with a, 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 a frond. Isn't that going to end up with him sticking a handful of shaving cream inside somebody's brain as he's operating on them, though? Oh, you're right. That could that, be. That would be all that could of. go terribly wrong. <laughs> I think what uh, I'm supposed to talk about is brutal legend. Yes. And I have no problem with that. And you know what? Good, because I don't think Troy's played it. And because I'm sure Bruce, it's probably too middle brow for Bruce. It's probably not Russian and sophisticated enough. Middle brow. Let's let's just can we just go all the way to low brow? I mean, let's face it. The main characters in this have like, you know, bandanas tied over their eyes. <laughs> Julian, what is the what is the romantic leads uh, name? The romantic leads name? Yeah. Well, the real romantic leads name, I think at this point is Ophelia because I okay, think that's and what, the way that relationship is going. Exactly. And what is, what do you think is the source for that name? Hmm. Hmm. Could hmm. it be Hamlet? Oh, let's see. Oh, is, that lowbrow? is Hamlet lowbrow entertainment? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> At the time it probably was, right? At the time that was gutter snipes. Uh, that's a good point. So I don't want to get into spoiler stuff, but uh, have you have you made much progress with this story? See, now, I don't know how long this game is, so therefore I can't tell you whether I'm halfway through. I've put in five hours, I would say. Okay, well, here's the way to, to I think, talk about Brutal Legend. There's, there's, two, there's the spoiler-free way to talk about it, and then there's uh, a way to talk about it where you have to be careful, and I want to be careful here. Because... I want to be careful, too, I don't want because there have been some twists that have been really fun. Right. And I don't want to ruin Brutal Legend for anyone. I mean, I so far, it's it's the best thing I've played this year. I, I adore this game. And I uh, so here here's the way to ask, Julian. Um, have you gotten to a sequence in the game where the Ozzy Osbourne song Mr. Crowley is? Playing? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well past that. OK, well, that I think Mr. is a... Crowley. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and okay. what a great vignette that was may I just... and that's, that's an important twist and i think also if you just jump into multiplayer which is what we're going to be talking about today uh that gets spoiled do you know what i'm talking about uh well i guess yeah to some extent yeah because so the, in multiplayer you... there are three factions right and, and one of the factions you don't really know it's about sort of post it's post that reveal yeah exactly it's a post twist faction and if you just jump into multiplayer uh i think it blows a a, a really cool plot point that happens about two-thirds of the way through the game um you think so that's we'll, about two-thirds of the way through have you finished the game oh yes yes definitely and you know what but, julian i can't i finished it and i cannot stop playing it I mean, the, the beauty really? to me of Brutal Legend is it's just an amazing place for some of its shortcomings in terms of gameplay. And it, it has a few of those. Uh, I just love being there. So I finished the game and I've just been running around. I'm not using cheats or a map or anything. I'm just driving around looking for those dragons. Right. Uh, I'm looking for the songs you can uh, jumping of over sup- things and landing in the fairies. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Jumping through, except they're not fairies. They're lightning plugs. Lightning plugs. Sorry. Uh-huh. I, I'm terrible with the names of various <laughs> constructs. Uh, well, they've done a really good job of giving everything flavor. And so if you pay attention, for instance, to the unit names. Oh, uh, the unit names are hysterical. Yeah. Yes. So here's here's an example. One of the units, uh, the, the three factions are Ironhead, which are the the sort of the good that's guys. like your dudes that's like your, your single player army yeah yep. 
there is a uh, drowning iron pool. Ironhead with an E because it's more because badass. It, exactly. Uh, and then drowning pool are like goths or goth rocker types. And then tainted coil are the demons. So the the anti-vehicle unit, that the, the third tier anti-vehicle unit for drowning pool are these baby buggies. Uh, and they fire exploding dolls. Um, now, in my imagination, they're actual babies. But but the, the the flavor text does take pains to point out that they're dolls. No babies are being exploded here. Um, but so here's here's a cool example of the the way the internal fiction in this in this game is just so vivid. So if you the special ability of the baby buggy is to drive it up and detonate it and blow it up like a like a bomb. Uh, but because it's a suicide thing, uh, you know, you drive up and you, it blows up and you lose it. And it's a baby buggy. The ability is called. Do you know this, Julian? I'm not sure I know this. Mama Kazi. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not get that. And it's just so full of cute touches like that. And you might never notice that if you didn't like just look at the little label on the button in the lower right hand corner. Uh so, so many, so many great things like that. It's so rewarding to just be there and to just look at the details and that even carries over into the multiplayer with stuff like Mamakazi. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, and I just, even without getting into anything that's, that's strange, I mean, just the fact that like the, that one of the lead characters flies around on this sort of ridiculous looking dirigible is just awesome. I mean, there's every, every little component of this game screams creative and fun and awesome. And I haven't found any part of it. That's not fun to play. Like the freight wigs <laughs> who are these like, in, the, who basically walk around on their hair, which is just, they're just, they're just awesome. But I will say to, because I don't want to just overly gush here that despite the scream wagons and the battle nuns and all of that stuff, um, the gameplay from a strategy perspective feels fairly pedantic. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, because, I mean, let's get into the meat of it. Now, I have not played an actual multiplayer game against real people. I've played okay. some of the comp stomp stuff, and obviously I'm I'm still, I haven't finished the game, so I'm still playing through the single player game every minute I can. Um, but, but even then it sort of, it does feel a little bit like they took a bunch of different gameplay types and they bolted them into a game. Um, and I think they've done that very well. I'm actually enjoying the sort of regular old beat em up combat stuff. I'm enjoying the strategy part. I'm enjoying the driving missions. I actually really enjoy the driving missions, even though they're very simple. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and all the driving missions so far just involve driving around behind a bus and shooting everything that gets in your way. Um, right. But they're still really entertaining because it's kind of a fun way to experience the world. But none of it is particularly like, oh, my God, what an amazing gameplay twist. I mean, I don't feel like I'm playing Sins of a Solar Empire or some finely crafted strategic system. OK, so so you're, you you said it was pedantic, but I think do you mean do you maybe mean like pedestrian, pedestrian. or sorry? Oh, okay. pedestrian. Right. Sorry. Yes. Uh, OK, well, because I, I, I think I disagree with you here because I think there are a, a lot of brilliant from from a strategic gameplay perspective, some just amazing, brilliant touches. I think it's uh, the, the multiplayer, specifically the RTS part, uh, which is I, I really think, the core of the game. Let's be fair. That really is the core of the game. And all of the beat em up combat and driving and other little components are sort of bolted on. They clearly spent most of their energy on the RTS part. Well, my theory, and I don't know if this is true, Julian, I haven't talked to them. I, I, I would love to set up an interview with some of the guys at Double Fine. But my theory is that 
they they have well there's a separate designer for i think the rts gameplay and then tim schaefer i think was responsible for more of the open world stuff and the writing but but i think they actually have someone who designed that strategic gameplay the rts part kind of kind of separately that uh, wouldn't surprise me at all yeah and I, I think he's a fellow named eric uh rats i don't know his last name um but i think he did a marvelous job and i think Part of what's beautiful about what he did is how well it complements what Tim Schafer did and the, and the other guys who wrote it and who came well, up with. Clearly, the it's layered into the story brilliantly. I mean, right. what you could, if you like, went to thirty thousand feet and looked down on this game, you could say, "Oh, it's a series of RTS missions in which you go from place to place and unlock new unit types." That is, that is actually true. That does happen in the game. As you progress through the story, you unlock new unit types, you unlock new abilities, you unlock the ability to upgrade your stage and to jump on top of it and, and mm -hmm. send fog out and all things like that. So yes, that is you know strictly true. However, I think it's a horrible disservice because what really has happened is there's an incredible story about discovering this world unfolding um, and about the sort of three to six main characters and it feels very organic that as you discover this world, you get more powerful in it and you get access to more resources. It, it never for a moment to me feels like it's stepping outside the storyline. Right. And that's right. that that's saying something because I can't think of an RTS that I could say that about. I, I think some people will probably bring up uh, and this is a favorable comparison would, would probably bring up uh, maybe Starcraft. Uh, I, I, eh. I think. Really? Well, I mean, yes, I, I, I agree that that game develops very naturally. I mean, but but in terms of really telling a story like this, um, to me, this is the kind of thing that they wanted to do with. I mean, and I mean, and I, I actually mean this as a favorable comparison in the same kind of camp way that some of the Command and Conquer games have tried to to sort of bring in storytelling and bring in good actors and bring in good scripts. But but I don't think that Command and Conquer the Red Alert series ever quite delivers on it the way this game delivers on it. See, I don't think the Command and Conquer games ever even they, they don't even try. I mean, Command and Conquer games, they have in their gameplay, they have, you know, rhino tanks and the uh, you know, they have different units and then they have uh, B list celebrity actors come in and do live action video and they never feel connected to me. And well, the, that, and the that's my point is that I but 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 the camp factor of the live action video, I actually have always kind of enjoyed actually more than the gameplay in many cases. I mean, I love the Tim Curry and Michael Ironsides and all that stuff. I think it's great. Um, and so I've always been willing to give those games a bit of a pass just because I've enjoyed all that campy stuff. Um, in this game, that campy stuff actually becomes very real and less camp. And that's to me is the best kind of humor is when it stops being camp and starts feeling real, where you both want to love it and be part of it. And at the same time can step outside of it and laugh at it at the same time. So you're sort of laughing at yourself. And to me, that's why the storyline in this game is so great. Okay, well, let's talk about the uh, the the uh, the strategy gameplay, though. So, so sure. we agree that, the, that at the core there, there is an RTS. Um which, by the way, Tim Schafer, uh, would, he, he wrote a blog entry sort of denying that it's an RTS. Uh, Which and, is a little ridiculous. I mean, let's be but honest. But you know what? I, I understand, Julian, because I think it would scare people off. Of oh, this I understand why he did it. It's like, it's like, it's like you know, uh, Ken Levine trying to say Bioshock is not an RPG. It's a kick-ass first-person shooter. It's the right marketing line to get people to play the game. 
And not just marketing line, but I think what RTSs are to most people. Like, I, I think it's a subversive RTS, and it goes back to earlier designs. It does things that RTSs don't really do anymore and that they're starting to do more of. But but it's not what people think of when they say RTS. Well, let's uh, let's dig right into some of the, what I think the flaws are of this game as an RTS. Okay. And, and we can either say they're flaws or we can say they're design decisions that make it a different kind of game. For me, I found them frustrating. Let's start with the fact that there's no map. I okay. mean, that sounds pretty fundamental, but it's also pretty fundamental to most RTSs. It's like the antithesis of Supreme Commander, which is all about the map, right? You hardly play Supreme Commander. You play Supreme Commander, the Google Maps version. At least that's how I tended to play it, um, where individual units almost didn't matter. And what did matter was this big overarching map and unit control, et cetera, and so on, versus... Uh, this game, which has no map, and therefore to go actually deal with a unit and say, hey, go from point A to point B, you got to go to point A, get the unit and say, by the way, I marked point B over there, go all the way over there. Right. It's a very different kind of gameplay. I've actually really enjoyed it. So I'm not going to say that it's a flaw that I think is killing the game. I think it's different, not necessarily bad. Um, because it really does make me be part of the battle. You can never really get away from the immediate action. And that's kind of fun. And and I think that's part of how it's not. It's part of one of the ways where Tim Schafer says this is not an RTS. As he explicitly mentions, in an RTS, you float high above the world. Uh, and that's what people traditionally think of as an RTS. And you reach down and you move units around one at a time. Right, right. In Brutal Legend, you are in the game and you're particular positioning what you are doing with your avatar is a crucial gameplay resource and one of the things you can do with your avatar that you have to do with your avatar is commanding units right you that can't get is, away from that and then there's this whole separate set of sort of constant decisions about how individually involved you're going to be and that to me is the most interesting part of this as a strategy game and that's not going to and that's not going to work if you if it's a traditional map driven RTS. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, because... Your guy is a resource, and and his role on the on the battlefield is one of the resources. So one of the things you do with him is you command individual units. Now, another thing you do with him is you scout, and you cannot right. scout if you are commanding individual units. Another thing you do with him, and this is crucial, is you cast spells. They're called guitar solos, and you cannot command units, and you cannot scout if you're busy casting spells. Right. Uh, Fourth thing you do with him is you do what's called double teaming, where you jump onto or pick up which one of me, the units. Which to me you, is where there's so much a special ability. There's and so that much is the fourth depth thing. That. You're do, That's, if, go ahead. Sorry, I'm stepping oh, it, all it, over you. <laughs> and if you're doing that, you can't do any of the other three things. So one of the resources in Brutal Legend is your character and how you spend your character's time uh, is a big part of it. And, and I think it works beautifully in an RTS where you don't have a map. I mean, I think that's a crucial part of the game, and it reminds me of Sacrifice from... from well, obviously. So, I mean, there's the elephant in the room, right? I mean, this game, more than any other game I've played since Sacrifice, which is, God, I don't know, 500 years old? Not really, maybe uh, 2000, I believe. Yeah, nine eight, years. Yeah. And nine so, years is 500 years in video game years. Right, so, so there, there is no game I have played more like Sacrifice than this, although it doesn't feel derivative either. It doesn't feel like, oh, they just reinvented the Sacrifice and put a coat of paint on it. I wouldn't say that at all. But it does have that really feeling like you're part of the situation thing going on all the time. I want to get back to this issue of the double team because 
that to me is the the and I'm sure you'll correct me because you always do. That to me is the part that feels like the most unique and original part of this from a strategic perspective, where not only can you get your guy on the ground and start attacking, which there are plenty of games that have done that before. Um, and not only do you have to sort of divide your time between affecting the immediate battlefront right in front of you and doing the more strategic stuff of summoning units, directing units, telling them where to go, collecting your resources, the issue of whether or not you choose to double team, particularly with the, the higher end units, um, say like the artillery type units, mm-hmm. um, that is a really critical strategic decision because once you do that, you're, a bait, you're committed. During that period of time, there's nothing else you can do at all. Right. At least when you're scouting around, you can notice something else happening and drop down and maybe capture a resource point you weren't capturing before. But when you say you're going to, you know, you're going to jump into a, a, you know, a rock crusher or something and you're just going to do that, you're completely committing yourself to this role, to the complete abandonment of the rest of the mission. And when you do it, you're you're incredibly effective. Right. They, they do a good job of making that a tough choice. But you're really letting the whole rest of the world run on autopilot. And let's be clear, your minions are stupid. If you just summon minions and don't tell them to do anything, they're just going to stand around. So you mm. have to be in control. Uh, that's that's wrong about the minions standing around, by the way. I mean, the, the AI, the tactical AI in this, I think, is very good. When you say minions are stupid, that makes me think of, like, pathfinding problems and they're targeting the wrong units. No, and, but if you summon uh, new units, they don't do anything automatically. They w- now, when you say do anything, they will fight. Like if if you oh, yeah, summon a unit, it comes out in front of your stage and it stands there. If you give it a new a rally point elsewhere on the map, it, it can go there. Um, the unit that's one of the the things that it requires. I mean, the units are pretty self sufficient. Um, if you there, there's even auto formation, which might be hard to notice considering you're you're down there in this this mob of dudes. Um, but but the the tactical AI I think is quite good. Uh, well, it, it definitely does things like, for instance, if you tell it to go attack a hard point or a, a you know a resource point, and it succeeds at that goal, and you're standing right next to another enemy goal, it doesn't just stand there; it goes and attacks the other enemy goal. And if it, if it's attacked by a particularly threatening enemy, it will deal with that enemy as opposed to going after the goal you set it. So yes, I agree. But but my point is just that you can find yourself all the way on the other side of the map, sort of towards the end game of any particular stage. Um, and you know, you will have meet, you would have summoned seven or eight units and realized that they're completely not actually going anywhere. And you have to actually go to that unit to give it a new order. You can't order a unit from all the way across the field from some sort of mini map. You, right. You can summon it though. I mean, that yes. again goes to, uh, the idea of there, there's, there are basically four roles for your character. And one of the guitar solos, which is one of the four things you can do, tells everybody, Hey, come over to me. Um, so, right. so you can call them, but, but you're right to give them specific orders. Uh, you have to be there right. uh, now. You mentioned, so you were talking about the double team and you were saying that it's unique and I do think it is unique. Uh, but I think it, it's a combination of two things that we've seen in other RTSs. Uh, and one of those things is vehicles. Some RTSs, like I think of the battle zone games that pandemic did, uh, you could jump in a vehicle and, right. and, 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 you know, you're in a tank and you're shooting things and, and it's kind of like that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. But what, yeah. it's, but what it's also, ah, hello. Hello. Still here. Hello. 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 Still here. Still here. Hello. 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 Dead gummit cat. Earth, Earth to Tom Chick. Earth to Tom Chick. 
Hello. This is ground control to Tom Chick. You da 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 da. Tom. Okay, Tom. there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My cat stepped on the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out what happened. I was talking and the cat was in front of me, and then I couldn't hear. So. <laughs> okay. Lord. Uh, so you were saying that uh, in the battle zone games, you could jump into a tank. And so, yeah. So the, the double teaming, which you say is unique, and I do agree, does remind me of two other things. And one of which is RTSs where you can jump in vehicles. But the other thing it reminds me of, and it's a great way to do this. In many RTSs, you have a unit that'll just, you know, you know muck around and it'll fight and you can give it orders. But it'll have a special ability uh, like... Um, you know, it might it might be able to deploy into an artillery piece or it might be able to convert from airborne to groundborne or something. And those are such a pain in the butt. I mean, that's that's a huge source of micromanagement in RTSs. And it killed for me Red Alert 3 because every single unit had some special ability you could fire off. Well, that's what this is, is that at any in any given unit, you can use one special ability at a time by marrying your dude to that unit. Uh, and so it reminds me a little bit of that. Yes, it's unique. I totally agree with you. But I think it's a combination of these other two previous things that we've seen. And it's kind of a twist on those. Right, um, right. Yeah, I mean, that 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 definitely makes sense. But I, for some reason, the complete lack of that overworld, um, I, I'm finding not to be... I, I, I initially, the first time I hit that and I was like, wait a minute, I don't have a map. I can't control this guy. I have to fly all the way back to the stage to go pick up this unit that I just ordered. And then why aren't they over here? That's where they should be. Um, initially, that was frustrating, but now I've really enjoyed it. And I will say of all of the little design choices that they made, the fact that they made um, that, they, that they let the that your character, Eddie, or whoever you're playing in multiplayer um, sort of get wings and fly across the map very quickly. I could have right. seen them making a terrible design choice there, right? That was a that was definitely a slippery slope where they could have made like flying speed limited or flying speed something you had to upgrade or whatever. And if they had done that, this game would have crossed into a level of frustration that it doesn't have because the reality is you can just you know hit your right thumbstick, fly, get back all the way across the map in a matter of seconds, and so that really alleviates a lot of this lack of map problem for me. And the maps are so simple, too. I mean, they're they very are. small. They are. The biggest map is basically, I think it's uh, it's Lion White's Pleasure Palace. And it's it's just a Which long, open awesome map, map with, by the way. With three, yeah, with three rows of, uh, of resource geysers uh, between you and the enemy base. And that's, that's like as complicated as it gets. Uh, yeah, it's like, really straightforward. It's like playing demigod maps, really. I mean, it feels yes. quite a bit like that. Yes, good call. Very good call. Certainly, um, and actually, they play about that quickly too. I mean, they're not they're not long drawn out maps, and, and even if you fail, like in the single player mode, even if you happen to fail, which I've only done once because my daughter ran downstairs in the middle of the night, um, when you happen to fail a map, it's not like a giant setback. It's not like oh, I was just building up to the you know, final run I was going to make. But that's the other thing I was going to, I was going to ask you about, because to be honest, I think you play more traditional RTSs than I do. It doesn't strike me that this game lends itself to traditional RTS strategies. I mean, there's no real equivalent of turtling in this. There's no, uh, real... I think there is. Do you? I mean, do you really yeah, think oh, that there's like a classic rush strategy here? And Oh, I mean, absolutely. Really? Oh boy. I'm yeah. Just... Yeah. I mean, that's, I've been brutalized online. I mean, I've, uh, by people rushing. Okay, well, state. well, share with me because I'm finding it to respond very well to pretty measured tactics, like so not, the, the not rush, going to one extent or the other. Right. The rush is basically 
uh, just send a bunch of dudes right over to the guy's stage while he is out capping geysers. Um, the turtle so just like pick a bunch of headbangers or the other equivalent units and just run yeah. right across. Yep. Cause, cause the stages are actually relatively frail. I've been surprised. Um, so, so that's the rush. The turtle is, uh, build up an army and expect the rush of course, and sit there and defend against it. And you can man your stage lights, uh, as sort of turrets. Um, so, and then the the boom is capping geysers and tearing up early because you have. Right, well, four- and that's that's sort of my natural strategy, and so that's kind of what I've been playing. But I haven't really tried, I haven't really tried to like turtle much because it doesn't strike me that any of the units are particularly defensive. Uh, well, it's some more than I mean. For instance, if you have a bunch of range units, I mean, there's a good counter of. Uh, so, so the, the basic unit balance is you've got infantry, you've got melee, you've got ranged, and you've got uh, – oh, no, infantry and vehicles, ranged and melee. Right. Um, so if you can watch – that's another thing about how easy it is to move around. If if the other guy is rushing you, you can see it coming. I mean, there's small maps. You just sort of rise up into the sky and maybe move forward a little bit. You can see what he's built and where he's going with it. Um, so if you know that he's rushing you with certain things, you can build counters for him. Um, right. It's relatively easy. Also, uh, the the guitar solos can be huge in terms of affecting the oh, outcome sure. of the battle. Sure. I mean, if you decide to jump down into the middle and just start face melting over and over again, you can defeat a rush pretty quickly. Right. Although there is a count, there's a cooldown timer. Like a lot of the, the right. better uh, abilities, you're not going to use more than once or twice in a match. Um, and, and then there's also a counter to the guitar solos. Like, for instance, Drowning Doom they every every faction has a guitar solo that affects the enemy avatar directly and a global one that affects the enemy's uh basically their building rate uh so drowning doom can cast a spell that that shuts down the other guy's guitar solo uh it's called silence and it right. wraps you you actually see that's another thing i love too is every effect in the game has some visual component and they're very simple they're not like they're i mean this is the irony of this game is that is that as interesting as it is and fabulous as fabulous a story as it is the visual clues are all very straightforward i mean my favorite one honestly my favorite character in the whole game is the bride who plays for i think drowning doom right she's she's there she's the infantry support for brown for for um drowning doom and and she walks around looking like this classic heavy metal video bride you know with the goth makeup on and stuff and if you attack her she causes localized storms for all of the people around you so you have to like really overwhelm her very quickly where she will really just kill everybody around her. And she's just a classic unit, but it's really obvious when she's been activated because this little storm grows over her head. And so you immediately know, okay, get rid of her first because she became the immediate first threat and then you can move on. Um, and so well, the you visual... know she also, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, I think that that makes her, um, it, it makes her really interesting to play with because you also know that your cues are also very visible. And and she also that what that storm does, Julian, is it doesn't just show you where the bride is. That's her area of effect. Mm-hmm. A bride exactly. slows down the movement and attack speed of all enemies. Right. So and and not only that, Julian, the bride's effect stacks. And so drowning and is limited to she three looks, of them. She looks incredibly cool. Let's be yes. clear about that. Uh, and Drowning Doom is limited to three of them. So one of the important strategies there is early on, 
And this, again, if you're going to turtle, there are great debuffs in uh, Drowning Doom's units. If you're going to turtle, three brides can can pretty much defang most attacks. Um, well, certainly and, a and, rush. Yeah, certainly a rush. Because I've and, tried and kind he, of rushing yeah. against her. Uh, and also the double team with the bride is incredibly powerful because you can auto-target any enemy unit. You don't have to aim to shoot in here or anything. Uh, right. If you're doing the melee attacks, you kind of have to guide those. But but you can lock onto a unit. So if you double team with a bride and just spam the lightning button, the bride becomes an incredibly uh, potent offensive unit. The bride doesn't normally use lightning, but when you're double teamed with her, she's a great way to thin out the enemy ranks by just you, you know holding down the left trigger to target an enemy, hitting that A button over and over to bring down lightning. Uh, I love that. And I think, too, Julian, when you kill a bride, doesn't she unleash uh, some sort of like lightning? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely there's definitely like sort of an acid explosion effect. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you finally kill her. And, and so she can be really lethal if you just like charge up against three brides with a bunch of headbangers. You're just going to die. They're just all going to get completely wiped out. Anyway, and she I, does look awesome. And the double teaming, too, uh, is you you're dancing with her, which is yeah. great. Love that. I know. And plus, <laughs> Ophelia's really freaking hot when she's in her little veil of tears, whatever that that thing is called. There's outfit. Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. Um, anyway, so I anyway, I, I so I, I think there I, I, I'm coming around a little bit. I, I need to play more multiplayer. I need to play multiplayer against actual people as opposed to bots, um, yeah, which you can do. I mean, thank God you can do that. Um, because right. I, I, this, this is sort of a separate question. Do you really think the multiplayer on this has a lot of legs? Well, I, I, as a design, yes. As something that the community's into, I'm not sure about that. Um, but yes, as a design, it does, uh, have a lot of legs. I mean, there's a lot of good trumping and counter trumping and because the matches are so short, uh, and because there's so much unit variety, I mean, you think there's only, I guess, what, nine units per side, um, and at any given time, you're not going to have all of them. Uh, instead of having like a, a, you know, you don't have a population limit. It's just each side can only have 40. Well, you do have a population limit, but it's not a gameplay dynamic. It's just each side can never have more than 40 population points of units. It's just a hard cap. Uh, right. And that can fill up pretty quickly. Um, so, so I do think it has legs just because there's so much strategic variety in it. There's, there's basically a combination of, of, you know, there's the unit mix and then there's the guitar solo mix and how those things interact with the three factions. Uh, it's just this branching tree of possibilities. And yeah, I do think it has legs. Uh, I, I will say, I will say this of, of the console RTSs I've played, this one feels pretty good. I mean, I don't, and maybe it's because they made this conscious choice not to have sort of classic, you know, select nine units, set a hotkey for it, go to the minimap, zoom in, zoom out. They they sort of avoided a lot of the tropes of the classic PC RTS. Mm -hmm. um, it, it feels very natural on the console. I haven't found myself sitting here saying, oh, God, if only I had a keyboard. I've, it's never occurred to me. Right, right. Did you play the outfit by any chance? That no, I relic? I did because that that was build that that was sort of an action game, but it, it it was very much very much like sacrifice and brutal legend, and that you were a commanding dude in World War II, and you could call in machine gun emplacements and whatnot, and you were fighting over a map. Uh, it, it wasn't as full it wasn't as fully featured as brutal legend, but it was the same kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the reason I sort of ask the question about legs is because I I caught a bunch of crap because I called 
Brutal Legend, you know, one of those sort of classic perfect rental games, because honestly, I mean, you said that you finished it and you're still hooked on it. I'm I can see myself finishing this in another, I don't know, three to seven hours somewhere in there, I'm guessing, given Mm -hmm. where I am and and kind of being happy and done. Okay. And and I mean, I guess if there was a big multiplayer community, but again, the, I guess my my tolerance for the one on one strategy game, I you know, I guess I need a bigger community around something to really keep me playing it for month after month after month. You know, it's not quite like playing, you know, Left for Dead where I'm getting eight people together. Um, well, you know, you can. <laughs> it does support up to to four people on each team, uh, and, and the way that works, that's that's another. Does it really? I, I I literally did not know that. Can you play yeah, four so players games, on the Julian. team? Yep, you can have up to four players on either team, and team games have a completely different dynamic. Well, of because, course. Have you played any? Like with actual, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seven actual human beings? So I've had, I've done 3v3, and it's really, if somebody's got a crappy connection, it drags everybody down. Mm. Uh, so, and this wasn't with the matchmaking, this was just uh, with some press games before the, the game came out. Uh, so I don't know if you jump into matchmaking for team games. As a matter of fact, you may not be able to. Well, here's the weird thing about the team games, Julian. You still only have a limit of four units per side. Oh, uh, God. So you're really only controlling like three units of headbangers and nope. three of those nope. other guys. You're controlling all of the units. But so is your buddy. So is everyone else. Oh, God, really? Yeah. So basically you have like three eddies running around on the field at the same time and any one of them can grab anybody else's units. Not only that, any one of them can buy, can can spend the money. So the thing is, you have to coordinate, okay, who's going to build, who's going to order these units. And, and that might seem unwieldy, but, but when you consider the huge role that your avatar plays in terms of playing the guitar solos and double teaming, there's no shortage of things to do. It's well, just, sure, decide, but that's a classic case where three guys who actually know each other and are talking to each other will kick the crap out of any bunch of pubbers. Which is why I think you you can only matchmaking is only one v one. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think to do team games, you can only do it with people on your friends list or from your uh, recently played list. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if you're not talking to the other people on you're your doomed. team, yeah, you're doomed. Right, right. So I think they sort of acknowledge that and they say, okay, if you're just going to play with strangers, it's just one v one. If you want to. And I could be wrong about that, uh, but it does have some weird setup where in order to enjoy these these team games, it has to be with people, you know, or people from the recently played list. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I guess it feels I guess great because you, you, you then in a way, Julian, you're freed up to spend more time like double teamed with a unit uh, and, and the guitar solos are that much more powerful because you have up to four players who can do guitar solos. You know, imagine well, four face melters. Yeah. Four face melters at the front of a stage in the middle of a launch. Yeah. I can right. see that, but, but it also would let you really divide roles, which would be, yes. which would be interesting. You could actually have somebody who is really just sort of being the commander and summoning units, directing units, have somebody else who is just going to man like, you know, I don't know, the rock crusher or something like that. And right. then have somebody else who was running around and doing support roles and capping, you know, capping resource points. Yeah, right. I, I could see how that would be really interesting. But like so many strategy situations with multiplayer, they all sound awesome when you imagine that you're getting a 4v4 match with seven people you actually give a crap about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they sound great as land games, right? Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, but I think, though, if, yeah, like if you had a community, if you knew other people that 
that had this game. I would think it wouldn't be too hard to get 2v2 games going. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I still think it works just fine as a as a one v one game. I, well, I've played and, maybe. And and let's oh. be clear, as a, as a one v computer game, it fucking rocks the house. I'm sorry, it really does. I mean, I've enjoyed this game so damn much, and I haven't played multiplayer yet. And the AI can can does a good job of doing things like using the unit's special abilities and playing the guitar solos. Uh, yeah. It definitely takes advantage of all the tools that it's given. Uh, they they did a good job making it a viable skirmish game against an AI. Um, yeah. How how do you feel about the guitar solos? So when you cast a spell, uh, and I keep calling them spells because it's uh, well, it's kind of what they are, but it's like a yeah. little mini sort of wannabe rock band thing where you have to hit. It actually, you know what the irony is? What it reminded me most of was like the uh, the classroom tests and bully. More than anything else, <laughs> because they're sort of like you can see them coming, so it's not like a quick time event where it's like quick hit A, right? So you right. can see them coming completely ahead, just like you can see notes coming down in Rock Band, or you could see the next thing coming up in your chemistry test in Bully, all right? And it would, and you just have to hit go like A A A A X Y X Y or whatever. Exactly. And um, the thing is, it's not a steady rhythm. Uh, like some of them have, they start out with a couple of long notes and then, like you said, like two quick presses yeah. or the real complicated ones, like quick press, quick press, quick press, and then a couple of slow presses. And then some of them are only three buttons, but they're drawn out at a completely different pace than the yeah. other guitar solos. Uh, so it's a little challenging. Aren't and... they all, aren't they all three buttons or some of them? No, gosh, no, no. Some of them are all In the single player there, I think the super Uber one you get at the end of single player is that might be like ten buttons, I think. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, are they using the B button? I thought that B. Oh button, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right, no, yeah. you can always hit the B button to back out right. if you decide yeah. to. It's always A X Y. Right. Yeah. Yes, it's always so those it's, three. So it's buttons. a little bit like playing like a slightly crazed, paranoid, schizophrenic rock band with three buttons is kind of how because it works. Because the thing is, you might be having to do that while there's things wailing on you. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. You the, the time dying. does not stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not like you're pausing the game or anything. Uh, so I at first was annoyed by that, and I was thinking of things like, I think there was a Mech Warrior action game where you had to do a, a stupid mini game. Oh, where you had um, to hit the code, like yeah, like, to, to hack into. That's uh, a, no, no, a it's mech. a deheat thing in a lot of the Mech Warrior games. Do you have to deheat? Like if you get overheated, you have to hit a code in order to get back off heat. No, I'm thinking of what I mean. There, there might have been that, but I'm specifically thinking of one where you had to like hack into somebody's mech wire. Like you had to actually get into the mech. It was like jacking the mech. It was stupid, um, and I hated it. Uh, so it reminded me of that at first. But but I do like how it breaks up the action, how it feels very different, and how it does kind of reward like when you. When you start to learn your favorite uh, guitar solo, oh, yeah. you don't really have to look at the screen anymore, and it becomes sort of gratifying to just watch, you know, Eddie rocking out and <laughs> doing the little notes, and uh, it, it's this sort of uh, it, it becomes this sort of welcoming thing. Like, okay, here you are. You're yeah, I've been do playing. This the, I've been playing this game on the couch with my wife sitting next to me while she knits and then laughs at the occasional joke on the screen. <laughs> And and I was sitting there talking to her like while I was in I was actually in the the big lion white battle which probably is the longest one that I've done yet because I think there are like seven resource points that are available and so right. I was hitting the and and they get contested pretty quickly so the you're it's you're probably going to cap ten resource points by the time you're done because you'll lose them and you'll get them back 
Um, and I was sitting there doing the song, the solo to cap a resource point of a fan geyser, I think it's called. Um, and I was sitting there looking at my wife while I was hitting the buttons. I was like, see, I got this going on. It was like, A, 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 X, Y, X, A. And she was like, yeah, you really feel like a rock star now. You can hit a button. <laughs> but it does it does definitely reward that. It's like if you learn if once you learn that, it's like you actually don't have to pay attention to it anymore. Right. Now, have you tried the other? Like, have you tried tainted coil? I went through and I, I will be I will be honest and say that I went through and quickly tried just doing like comp stomp for a little while on the other two non Eddie races. The uh, what do they? It's not the what do they call Ophelia's faction? Tainted there you coil. go. Spoiler again: Drowning Doom. Drowning. Uh, sorry, thank and, you. And then Diviculus is uh, is tainted, tainted coil. Right. Tainted coil. I I played. Um, and and actually, I I found myself because I'm not done yet. I found myself not wanting to play the drowning doom too much because I felt like maybe I would learn something I didn't want to know. Well, but, one of the things it, it's it's less egregious a spoiler than one that I guess we've already spoiled, but it's kind of cool in the single player game when you're dropped into these RTS battles and you go up against new units, like to see them for the first time that way. Uh, oh, the first time I saw. The first time I saw the bride, which was like before there was even they didn't even drop the hint text until after you've already left one of the ma- missions where the that new unit showed up. And then it'll generally give you a little hint like, you know, don't hit the bride unless you really mean it because she's going to kill all the other units around her. Um, yeah. The first time I saw the bride, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and I was like, this can't actually be a unit. And then I went over and whacked her and got killed, you know. Well, and it also unlocks, you get a message that it's unlocked a new entry in your tour book. So there's a sort of a little online manual that has flavor text as well as a description of the unit's role and its powers. Right, Uh, which is all really quite well done, I will have to say. I mean, it's good strategy guide stuff. I have dug through some of that. So I ask about Tainted Coil because they have a really weird gameplay dynamic that uh, I'm not convinced I've I've mastered yet. Like, it's a little daunting, but... Tainted Coil was the the I think a, the, that's where I first realized hey you can really rush in this game because when the game first came out I was playing matchmaking games like late you know what what it was is the game went on sale midnight and like 4 a.m. that morning I was I, I went online to see if anybody had the game yet uh, and there was one guy that I kept getting matched with and I think I played against this guy like five or six times lost every single one and he did the same damn thing every game. And so I knew what was coming, and I couldn't stave it off. So, so Tainted Coil, from their stage, your stage is your base, and that's normally where you recruit your units. It's on your side of the map. So you recruit the unit, it comes out, and then it has to cross the map to wherever you're fighting. Tainted Coil, however, they recruit, at the beginning, a battle nun. And then the battle nun comes out, and she doesn't do much. She can basically heal normal units. But if you double team with her, she's a barracks. So Tainted Coil basically has mobile barrackses. So what this guy was doing was right off the bat building three battle nuns, walking them over to my stage, and then just using them to crank well, out. And, she, and she's, the, she's the healer, right? I mean, the battle nun, well, what's the, like anybody who's near the, the battle nun is constantly getting buffed. The way that it works is if the battle nun has, so they're, they're called hierarchy units. There's a battle nun, a uh, warfather, and an overblesser. And they're tier one, two, and three 
sort of mobile barracks for, for tainted coil. And if they're surrounded, the hierarchy units, if they have minion units around them, they have this sort of healing synergy with them. Right. Uh, so you want to thin out either the minions or the hierarchy units to stop the healing. Uh, so what this guy did, he had three battle nuns, and then he was cranking out cheap tier one units, and they were healing each other, and he right. was totally so just ignoring... soul kisser after soul kisser after soul kisser, which right. is like the basic basher of the tainted coil. Or the or the, the punishing parties, which are the ranged units. Right. Um, and he was ignoring my units and having them just attack my stage... And, and my stage was crumbling. I mean, this was the classic. Yeah, this, yeah. And this, well, and this, there's no way to really reinforce your stage. You know what? That you can heal it. It costs resources, but you can repair your stage for 200 space. Really? Where does that show yeah. up? Just like in your normal radial menu? You know what? You might have to tear the stage up one level, but it's when uh, you're on the stage. When you're on the stage. And oh, you when you're standing on it, and like you can do the fog and the lights and everything. Right, so the fog uh, is a buff okay. for any units in front of the stage. Yeah, the, right. the speakers push units back, and right. if you fly up, you can get in the lights and their turrets. Uh, okay. So while you're at the microphone, there's a there's the option to pay 200. They're, they're actually I've, the resource fans. There's the I've option to pay 200 that. fans. I've never seen that. So Proving once again that it. Tom Chick is way ahead of Julian Murdoch. Well, you know, <laughs> I've just I've been playing the daylights out of this game. I just, you know, it really is a so single player. It's maybe would you say eight hours top? Well, I don't I don't know how far I, you said I'm about two thirds in, which means it's probably about an eight hour game. Well, also too one of the one of the things I really like about it is it it's it's a short game if you just go through the storyline, but there are a lot of things to do along the way, sort of side activities that make you more powerful, that, that, that have gameplay functions that aren't just, you know, shooting pigeons like in Grand Theft Auto, uh, that, that make the game longer. The game can be as short or as long as you want it to be, really. Well, uh, and, and some of my favorite parts of the game so far have actually been these side missions. My favorite character in the game is the cannoneer or the mortar, the mortar guy. Who Kyle is, Gass. What? It's, uh, so, so Jack Black is part of a, a group called Tenacious D. Uh, right, and, and that's his, of, that's his other, that's the other half, right? Yeah, KG, right? Yes, <laughs> playing um, the cannoneer, and he's so funny, and the 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 conversations between them and stuff, it, it's so much fun. And plus, that's a part of the game you don't really get to do very much, which is which is the driving around and calling out, yeah, you know, the mortar fire behind you. Which right. I mean, maybe that's unlocked later in the game, and I haven't gotten to it yet. But that strikes me as something so far that's been solely part of the single player game. Um, which is really fun. Running around and calling mortar fire behind the, you know, the exhaust of your car is a blast. Now I have to, I have to say, Julian, I think it's illuminating that that you like that character most because that character, uh, he has low self-esteem. He does. He, he constantly thinks that people think poorly of him, and you you do that all the time. Oh <laughs> shit! You totally, you totally identify with the cannoneer, don't you? I do, I do, <laughs> and, and plus, I look like the cannoneer. I have no hair. <laughs> I have big arms. It's totally. Do you have a little tiny minuscule head? That <laughs> kind of freaks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm a little pinhead. I'm basically like Zippy walking around all day long. Now, the, the, the game is full of characters like that. Like there's the goofy hunter guy. Have, have you done the hunter quest? Yes, I have. They're all, but they're all awesome. And they're all, or they're all voice acted by like, I mean, you know, I, I have to say, I mean, this is, has nothing to do with the strategy components of this game, but this is a game that could have had really terrible cameo voice acting 
because clearly the whole point of this game was to get all these people who are otherwise heavy metal gods and get them into a studio and record some dialogue. And that could have been terrible. I mean, it could have just been the worst. But, you know, Ozzy Osbourne steals the show the first time he shows up as the what the Lord of Metal or whatever he's called at that point. Um, Guardian of Metal, yes. He Guardian does. of he Metal. And, and, yeah. and, you know, Lemmy from Motorhead as the, the healer dude. I mean, they're amazing. They are so awesome all the way through this. I... I don't know whether Tim Schafer is the one sitting in the booth being director or whether he hired somebody, but whoever is officially the director of the voice talent on this deserves a Nobel Prize. They really do. <laughs> They're handing those out left and right, you know. I hear my daughter tells me. <laughs> uh, we, we should we should play online. We should do a game and then have a little uh, a little uh, debrief afterwards. If you yeah, didn't absolutely. have like a. If you didn't have to go on your World of Warcraft guild raid tonight. I know, in uh, six would... minutes, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can also, I think, do, you can you can play multiplayer against the AI as well. Yes, so you, you, oh, you mentioned that's, the comp that's, there. That's you the, only, the comp stomp is the only way I've been playing. I haven't actually played multiplayer online with a person yet. And I, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll call you a person. So, so I'll Thank play you. against you. Well, it does too have a uh, a ranking system where it's got a, you know that true skill rating. Oh, where... I don't want to have anything to do with that because it's always pathetic. I just feel terrible. Well, but what it'll do is it'll keep you when you do matchmaking, you won't have to play guys like that fellow who figured out the tainted coil rush. Yeah, you know, well, but the problem is I, my problem with the true skill system is it generally matches me with people who aren't actually playing. That's just you know that's just embarrassing. People who what? Who aren't actually playing? Right. People who are actually away from keyboard while they're playing. That's how their true skill is oh. low enough that they can be matched against me. The guys who just start a game and let it run and still exactly. win. Exactly. Their true skill ends up being zero. And mine ends up being three. And that's how we get Well, now, do you find it? So, so some people, so it's been criticized in some circles, I think, for having clunky controls. And I think a lot of that comes from people who are just used to being able to point at something with a mouse and Maybe they're not accustomed to the way the avatars work, but do you find that you have problems sort of controlling units and getting them to do what you want them to do? No, not generally. I mean, I, in the in Brutal Legend, I generally find that I can control units, but that's because I go fly over them and I say, "Follow me," or I right. go mark some, you know, I go mark the stage, or I go mark a resource cap that I want them to take, and and I say, "Go over there." Um, but but. I am finding a little every once in a while I find that I'm sort of like, oh, I just wish I had a mouse and I could just click on them and tell them to go there. <laughs> the um, time I wish I had a mouse is when I want to double team with a specific unit, like a yes, especially in the midst of a huge melee. And you're like, exactly. No, 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 no. I really want to get on back of the giant flame spewing pig, whatever the hell it's called. You know. Yeah, and you've accidentally uh, joined in a group of in a mosh pit with a bunch of headbangers. You're or like, no, roadies. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't quite figured out exactly why I want to join the roadies yet because they seem to do an awfully good job without me. Well, I think the way that it's it works is that it, it's going to reward you anytime some of the units don't get new capabilities when you double team with them, but instead they do more damage. Yeah, uh, I assume. So I think I assume that's they what they're were doing, doing better. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what they're doing with the roadies. Uh, Tainted Coil has this amazing unit. I can't think of the name of it, which I feel bad for. It's, it's just a big, huge, strong troll-looking guy with an enormous mace, you know, a spiked ball on a chain. And uh, the pain lifter. Yes. Oh, no. Isn't that is that not the guy the, with, he's uh, the guy with the agony ball. OK, yes, yes, 
So, so what that does is you can guide it, of course, and you can aim, attack what you want, but it just does more damage. Right. Uh, so that, that's the reason you want to double team with him is it's easier to smash things. Um, so have you used the, uh, have you been able, have you ever singled out from a crowd? Like, you know, if you hold down a button, you hold down Y pauses. Right. Yes. Yeah. You hold down you can y. single out yeah. when you, have you ever done that? Yeah, could, absolutely. That, that's, I mean, they're, they're actually, there's some single player missions where you almost have to do that because you have to go grab the roadies and walk them over to a place. Ah, right. It does train you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I, haven't, that I, haven't, I, ha- I think I, the only time I've done that again is with the, uh, what the hell are they called? The, 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 the thunder hogs. No, not the thunder hogs. The, um, uh, the metal beasts, the giant pigs that breathe fire. I really enjoy the giant pigs that breathe fire. Um, giant pigs that breathe fire. Do you mean the cat that breathes fire? They look like giant pigs to me. Wait a minute. There's the no ones you have to tame. You have to tame it. How dare you? How dare you call it? It's a cat. How dare you call it a pig? Cats, pigs, the, they're the, all like, the same thing. The I own hamsters. I don't own any of these things. <laughs> uh, the one that, like the chicks with the kiss makeup that that uh, that they ride them. They things? ride them. Yes, yeah. those are like pigs. Pigs, oh, Julian. <laughs> Whatever the hell they are. Anyway, they breathe fire, and they're yes. really great against infantry. <laughs> yes, those that's are all great. I know is that yeah. is that there have been many times when I, I I like summoning those guys up when I'm just doing a basic sort of slow boom towards a you know an enemy base, and uh, I often enjoy hopping onto them. But they often are in the midst of the fray because they're targeted generally towards infantry. They're right there next to the headbangers and the oh, and you want to go jump on him? I and... want to go jump on it because that's much more entertaining. <laughs> so yes, I learned very quickly. I hold the Y button down, walk over to those guys, hop on their backs, and then I can run right up to the stage and kill all the infantry. Yeah. So here's one of the things. I wonder if this is intentional or if this is just me coming up with a rationale because I love the game so much and my natural instinct is to excuse any criticism against it. Uh, so I wonder if the idea that you, is, Tom, I'm shocked to hear you say <laughs> that you would overlook the flaw of a game that you're loving. <laughs> well, I do. I mean, I, I definitely feel that there are problems with the game, but none of them deters me from from how much I like it. But I do think one of the things going on with that where it's hard to single out a particular unit is that if you want to double team with something in the heat of battle, you need to do it before you get into battle. Uh, it's sort of yeah. too late. Yeah. You don't plan it's, ahead. It's pretty hard to pull them out of the middle. Yeah. Right. So what, it, what it's saying there is if it, you need to be on, if you initiate the battle, if you catch somebody unawares and ambush their army, they're going to be less capable of jumping in there and finessing it. Oh, uh, multiplayer. Yeah, I can see Yeah, that. yeah, multiplayer. Yeah. It sort of rewards the person who thinks in advance, okay, I want to double team with this. Now here we go. Let's have Well, one thing I will say about jumping on the Metal Beasts early is they run really freaking fast. So you can get up to the battle pretty fast. All oh, right, right. The Fire Barons mm-hmm. also, if you jump on the back of the, you know, you jump on the back oh. of the giant motorcycles, those guys go really fast too. Those guys are my favorite for Ironhead. Just doing a... Uh, are they called fire barons? Is that, yeah, the that's fi- right. The, the fire barons are the guys on the motorcycles that go really fast. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're like they're like cavalry. Like you, boy, you can do a great rush with those guys, uh, and it's hard for anybody to keep up with them because uh, those guys just hit and run. You know, go go attack the other guy's merchant booths before he can defend them, then rush to his stage. I love those things. Yeah. Uh, and that, by the way, Julian, a great interplay with the drowning dooms brides. Right, is, because they slow them right down. Them. They slow exactly. them right down. They're totally the counter. And it, yeah, it negates their, their sort of fast travel ability. They're easier to target. And they, yeah. So. so in summary, 
awesome freaking game. Decapitation! Yep. Yes. Well done. <laughs> and I hope it does well. I mean, I would love for this to have hey, multiple. You know, I actually I will I will admit to not having pre-ordered this because I, I sort of thought I was getting sent a copy, but then they changed publishers and then Tim Schafer didn't return my emails for a couple of weeks because they were in the middle of the launch. And, you know, I know where I am on the totem pole. So I actually found myself on launch day without a copy of the game, which is shocking. Um, and uh, and it was actually in, I live in the middle of nowhere in East mm-hmm. New Bum, you know what, Massachusetts. And mm-hmm. I had to send my wife like 45 minutes away to get me a copy of this game because it was sold out the first two places she went. So I think it's selling pretty well. That, she it, did that it, for you, though. Out. Well, she loves you, me. She loves me. I think, you know, she should get a Nobel Peace Prize. She should. <laughs> well, peace would be the operative word because if I had not been able to play Brutal Legend this week, there would have been no peace. So, you know, Julian, I'm the opposite of you in that regard in that I I was I was never – I didn't know a lot of Tim Schafer stuff. I mean, I'd played some of Grim Fandango, oh, some of Psychonauts, but I'd never seen it through to completion. So, And you know what else annoys me? Jack Black. I don't care for him. I, oh, like, I, God. I, now I know why I hate you. Now we're well, back to really start. Julian. I love him in this game. I mean, he's I think amazing he's, in this game. I love the fact that he is live action in the beginning of this game. To me, that yes, is a stroke of right. genius. In That's this a game. great touch. Uh, but, but so I'm the opposite of you in that I was not in the least. I mean, I, I knew that this was going to be sort of a funny, clever game. I knew it was going to be some kind of open world action-y thing. I'd interviewed Tim about this game twice before it launched. So, and and when it showed up, I I really couldn't have cared less. I mean, it showed up. Here oh, I hate I'd... you! Now I really know why I hate you. So, so here's the deal: uh, I I just put it in in the the Xbox 360 almost out of boredom. It was like out of well, I guess I better take a look at this. I know you're some people evil, are really you're gonna an evil it. little motherfucker. You know that. But I mean, that's the thing is, there's wrong. nothing. That's there was just... nothing there that appealed directly. To, to me I'm are not you not a heavy life. metal guy nope not into heavy metal i my thing when i was a kid was was like the the whole punk scene uh i i'm not into i mean i didn't know it was an rts that was another thing is they've well i'm they, glad that i'm glad that tim chafer so you weren't like you didn't play psychonauts through five times through and curse i did not i, I played like the, I, yeah i couldn't tell you anything about the meat circuit oh. level or or uh, uh, yeah, all that stuff. I, well, I'm I glad don't. we've exposed you as the fraud you are. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, that if there's one thing that makes me want to play Psychonauts, it's how good uh, Brutal Legend is. So I, I've I've come around. Yeah, I mean, Psychonauts is brilliant. There's no question, and and I'm so glad to see Tim make a game this good. I will say. Yeah. So a couple of quick bookkeeping things before we go. Have you had? A, have you by any chance looked at the Last Stand uh, feature that was patched into Dawn of War Two? Nope, not even okay. looked at it. It's got like a cool horde mode uh, going for it now. Uh, we should try that at some point. Uh, any other strategy gaming news that I, 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 I believe that you've completely abandoned us on any hope of getting Dominion's Three going. Again, that's your fault. Is Dominion's three going? <laughs> oh, I think mean? we were still waiting on your turn three weeks ago. So that's, I guess that's dead. That's dead. Uh, I, I thought we had discussed this. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Dominion's three is dead, isn't it? If, if Dominion's three is not dead, that's news to me. I, I fired up. I fired up the retail version of Cities XL. Seems kind of entertaining. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, oh, you. Oh, but that's a good thing, though. <laughs> it is a good thing. 
Uh, okay, good. And you? I think it? I I think that's all I've got. Okay. Uh, you haven't seen Tropico three yet? Nope. If that Troy Goodfellow fellow was here, he could tell us a little bit about Tropico three. I know he's been playing that uh, for his review. Yeah, but he's so busy. He has no time for the little people anymore. He's, he's busy celebrating his wife's many accomplishments. I know yeah. that that takes a lot out of a guy. Uh, our topic next week will be uh, will still be brutal legend. We're just going <laughs> to gush some more about it. We're just keep going until it stops selling. So pretty much this will be the brutal legend podcast until say January. Exactly. Yeah. So that will right. well, then I'll definitely be here next week. <laughs> All right, and uh, so that's the, how did I? Uh, I don't, I can't do Troy's sign. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, here we go. I, I can do a gamers the job sign off. Oh, we don't want to. We don't want to cross the streams like that, do we? That that could be dangerous. Uh, I I think the the sign off is say good night everyone. Isn't that right? Oh, that's right. Good night everyone. Yeah. Say good night everyone. Good night everyone. Good night everyone.